Hello, everyone. I am so excited to introduce you to today's guest. I had the pleasure of meeting her last May at an event, and I'm just so pumped for you to not only learn from her, but hear a little bit of her backstory. So I have on none other than the fabulous Courtney Schoberg. Now, Courtney is the CEO and founder of She Social and the Hashtag Files Society. Her passion is helping female business owners build active, engaged, and profitable Instagram accounts through the power of hashtag strategies and organic marketing. Courtney has helped thousands of women around the globe to leverage the power of social media and help them connect with the right clients to create more sales in their business. She personally scaled her business and membership to become a multiple six-figure business in less than two years using the practices she preaches and teaching every single day. Courtney lives in the Pacific Northwest and is happily in love with her boyfriend of 10 years and lives for her extra foam morning lattes on their patio with their pup, Posy Girl, who is just the cutest thing ever. And I'm super excited for you to dive into today's podcast. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to Hot Mess and Blessed. My name is Melissa Hartman, and I am the host of this amazing, incredible, stupendous podcast. I am so excited for you guys to listen into this podcast today, or maybe you're viewing it and you get to see this beautiful human that I'm staring at right now. Um, I have the pleasure of interviewing the lovely Courtney Schoberg today. Courtney, I am so excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much for being here. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited when you messaged me and you're like, will you be on my podcast? I was like, yes, because I love your energy so much. I love your love for dad jokes like me. <laughs> so I know this is going to be a good conversation. You know, it's kind of funny you mentioned that like right away because that was going to be something I was bringing up later. Like, <laughs> I watch your stories and I wait for the dad jokes because I'm like, one of us has either a told, like either you get to them first or I do. And so I'm really grateful for our, our loved sense of humor. of dad jokes. So good. So good. Dad jokes and business. That's what we're all about over here. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> all of the good things. So you guys heard Courtney's incredible intro, um, but Courtney, I would really love it if you wouldn't mind sharing you know, we all come from a place where maybe our life didn't start off perfect or we didn't have a, a, a you know, gold, we didn't set up on a golden platter. So how did your life go from being more of a hot mess to where it is now? Yeah. So my story starts in the business world, probably like almost 10 years ago. Um, I became my like first, I consider my first entrepreneurship, like venture, I became a nanny. And a lot of people thought I became a nanny because I love kids. I do love kids, but I became a nanny because when I was 18, 19 years old, all my friends were working retail jobs, making basically nothing. They were working every holiday. They were working every weekend. And I just knew that there had to be something out there that I could create for myself that was different. And I have a huge family. I've, I come from a family just like my intermediate family. I have three sisters. So there's six of us all together. And we were always doing something, especially in the summer, like camping trips and barbecues. And like, we even like, when I used to live back at home and everybody lived there, we, we've all kind of dispersed a little bit now, but we used to get together for like the September birthdays and the February birth. Like we always were getting together. And I felt like I was always requesting time off. 
And so my first venture was when care.com came out. For those of you who know what that is, that's hilarious because I'm like, is that even still around? I was an OG member when it was like free and like very basic. And I ended up finding myself a nanny job where I convinced, and I use the word convince, I don't like using that word in business, but at that time, truly, I convinced these people to pay me at the time, which was like so much money as a teenager living at home, $200 per week, every week, even if they didn't need me. So I basically was like, here's the deal. I know you need somebody that's reliable and dependable. And so basically you have to be reliable and dependable to me. If you want me to be reliable and dependable, dependable to you. I typed up a contract on word on Microsoft word, printed it out, like legit met her at the park, made her sign it. And I got to pick my hours. I got to pick, I mean, generally I, I said, I don't really want to work weekends unless you absolutely need me. And this is the minimum, you know, payment that I'm going to get. And it was $200. And then if I went over a certain amount of hours, they paid me more, but it was cool because like there was weeks where she didn't need me and I still got $200. And like my friends were busting their buns at, you know, in and out flipping burgers, trying to make enough money to pay for the things that they, you know, wanted to pay for So that was kind of where it all started for me. And my dad's an entrepreneur. So I really grew up seeing that. And as you know, time went on, I met my boyfriend. We've been together now. It'll be 10 years this month which is crazy. And, um, we, when we got together, we started talking about business. Like I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I just, it's so funny to think back because now I'm so clear on my vision. But back then I was like, I want to be my own boss. And people are like, well, what do you want to do? I'd be like, I don't know. I just want to be my own boss. And so we would like, I remember like when we first moved into our own place, I was 21. He was 23 and I'm 29 now. And we would lay in bed up till all hours of the night and just talk about like, the day that I, I can't wait for the day that we can work from home. I can't wait for the day that we're the boss. I can't wait for the day that we get to be in control and we can do whatever we want and we can make as much money as we want. And like literally now that's my reality. So it's really crazy to like think back to those exact conversations. But I, I started off, I wanted to run a restaurant. I wanted to, or a food truck. I'm a self-taught chef. I used to be a personal chef um, and I love cooking and it's one of my love languages. And I actually built myself up this little business when I lived in San Diego of cooking before like fit meals were a thing. I cooked paleo for 13 people and I would deliver them their meals and they would give me like we'd swap out t Tupperware and that's kind of where it started. And I remember going to my neighbor's house who, um, she, we, she was like kind of a blogger and I was like, I, I really want to do something, but I don't know if I can like sustain this. I can't get any more clients. Like 13 clients for one person was like a lot. Mm -hmm. And she was like, well, why don't you start a blog? And I was like, a blog? Like, what the heck is that? Like, can you make money from that? And she was like, yeah. She's like, well, and that was back then when everybody thought like you can make money from a blog in like a month. You definitely can't. So if you're listening <laughs> to this, make sure that you know that's not true <laughs> for most people, unless if you already have an audience and then you decide to start monetizing it. But for most people, they're starting from square one. Right. And my first blog was called Food Court with two T's, which I th thought was like the cutest name in the whole world. <laughs> And that probably lasted like a couple months because really quickly I got burnt out. It's one thing to do something um, that you love. And then it's another thing to do that thing as your job. And I was, I used to spend like eight hours a day on my weekends in the kitchen. And, and you know, mind you, during all this, I was still a nanny full-time and I was a full-time student too. And um, 
very quickly, I was like, this is not for me. And so I kind of like let it die. And then Joe decided to start learning how to build websites. And one day he was like, I think you should start a blog. And I was like, not with this blog thing again, what are we doing here? And he was like, no, like, I think you should start like maybe a lifestyle blog or something that's different. And then you don't have to just talk about one thing. Well, everybody knows if you're listening to this and you have a business, the hardest part of a business is niching down. Like that is literally the hardest part, but it's also one of the most profitable things. But in the beginning, you don't really know and you want to do everything. So I was like, oh, a lifestyle blog. I can talk about cooking. I can talk about dating. I can talk about like you name it. I can talk about it. Yes. So we started a blog and he built my first website and it was called The Fancy Sister because like I said, I have three there's four girls in my family and I'm I guess you would if today was the blog it would be the bougie sister because that is me I am extra like walk um I (laughs) I just do everything over the top if I'm gonna do it I'm gonna do it and I think that's why I'm really successful in business because I go all in on everything that I do whether it's relationships business you know fun stuff I just like to put my whole heart into it if I'm gonna do it And uh, I realized really quickly that I did not like being an influencer. (laughs) Uh, That was kind of the original goal was to be an influencer and monetize my audience that way. But I uh, have always been somebody who lives very much in my integrity. And I am like a holistic junkie. I eat organic. Every spice in my cabinet is organic. Every face wash I have is like, I'm just really your dog real food. Yes, I do. (laughs) That's part of my love language for my posy girl, which we have a love of dogs and I love that about us. Um, but a lot back then that was probably what 2015 back then organic brands really weren't um, using influencer marketing. So a lot of these deals that I was getting offers for, cause I was getting offers. I had been able to monetize my audience really early. Like I had a thousand Instagram followers and I started getting paid gigs, but they were like Neutrogena and like all this stuff that like, I just, I didn't believe in promoting something that I wouldn't spend my own money on to me. Right that's totally out of integrity. And I knew that was like, I don't know, I guess I could see through all the bullshit pretty early because I could see the bloggers that were like, buy this thing now. And like, people would believe them. But I'd be like, she did not buy that with her own. She would not buy that with her own money. She's doing that because she's trying to get a paycheck. And you know, on one side, I'm like, I respect it. You're trying to hustle. But on the other side, I'm like, you're just, you're being deceitful to all your people. And to me, you can't monetize something long term if they ever find that out. And so I kind of cooled it on the influencer side. And um, I remember the day that I really realized I was good at social media. Now I've always been quote unquote good at social media because I'm an oversharer. <laughs> I do this funny segment. You've probably seen it on my stories called shit Courtney used to say on Facebook because I would literally overshare everything. And it that's what makes it easy for me to like be a sharer on social media today because I've always been doing this. I don't know, even when no one liked it or cared or read it, I was still <laughs> sharing it. And um, I remember the day that like I realized I, ha- I was doing something right. I was in this Facebook group and it was four bloggers and somebody made a post in the group and was like, uh, oh my gosh, I just checked. I got, she said, I got a thousand or a hundred views on my blog this month and I just launched it. And I was like, whoa, that's cool. Like, how do you even, I didn't even know 
what Google Analytics was. I didn't know how to do this. Like Joe is the tech guy, still is the tech guy. I'm just like, I know more now than I do. I like literally right before this call, just set up like an email sequence so I can get my way around things now, but that's not my zone of genius. And so I like, I don't remember if I was at home or at work and I don't remember if I called him or if I ran into the room, but I just remember talking to him and being like, wait, you need to tell me, how do I do this? Like, I need to know. And he was like, oh, not a big deal. Let me show you. Pulls up Google Analytics, does his little tech thing. We had 14,000 page views my first month that I launched oh my, my blog. <laughs> that is insane. I, isn't that crazy? So that's when I was like, like my jaw literally hit the floor. Cause I thought, I mean, not to like, you know, make myself sound cool or anything, but I was like, I'm for sure going to have a thousand. Like she got a hundred. I'm for sure going to get a thousand. But then when I saw 14,000, I was like, what incarnation? Like, what did I do to have this happen? And so I remember like all night and like the next week, I just like went into like analytic mode. And I was like, what am I doing? What are other people doing? I was comparing profiles and just like really reading into all the data. And this was a long time ago. So there's not nearly like Google analytics was the insights. Like that's all there really was. There wasn't right. anything fancy like that. But after like researching and looking and looking and looking, I realized the one thing I was doing different was hashtags. Nobody was hashtagging like I was. And if they were using hashtags, they weren't using them in the way that I was. And so I remember like, Hmm, something about those hashtags, right? And so I kind of kept going on and I started to realize like, maybe I want to be in marketing, maybe. And it was funny because at the time I was going to college, I went to college for a total of eight years, never got one degree, <laughs> but I went for eight years and the entire time, like I switched multiple times of my degree, but I always went back to marketing. I'm good at marketing. I like marketing because to me, marketing essentially is connection with people. And that is one of my favorite things to do. And one of my best skills is like communicating with people. And, um, so I started playing around with hashtags and I started playing around with all the different techniques. And I remember like, I would message some really big bloggers and be like, Hey, so I know you don't know me, but like, I want to send you some hashtags. Why don't you try these out? I think they'd be really good for your account. And they literally like ignored me. They ignored me. They didn't write me back. They thought I was weird. And I was so like, and that was so like, I was putting myself out there because I was so scared to do that. But I was like, I just know that I can help these people. And so one thing kind of led to another and I became a um, social media manager for a pretty big uh, coach, like in the industry life coach. And she, I helped her grow her account from, um, she had a nice account when we first started, like I think she had maybe like 20,000 and they were engaged followers, but we grew everything, including her Facebook group to over like 70,000 people. And we didn't pay for any ads. And so that's when I like really realized like, okay, I am good at this. And if I can do this for her and her audience, like, why can't I do this for me? Especially because a lot of people who are like service providers, they're not good in front of the camera or they don't want to be in front of the camera. I am good in front of the camera and I like being the center of attention, which not a lot of people like. And so I was like, okay, if I can use these skills plus like these skills, I bet they could like turn out to be something fantastic. And now here we are two years later after I started the hashtag file society, my membership and um, our business, the hashtag file society itself is a multiple six figure business, not including all my other coaching stuff. Oh my gosh. 
So if you guys didn't hear a word of what she just said, she knows how to run a successful business. And it, it sounds like a lot of it is innate, right? Like you have the, um, you have the like wow factor in, in front of the camera. You can, you know how to talk to people, you know how to market, but this is also stuff you've learned along the way. You took a minute to, to use those analytics and really go after it. So I want to just cover a few things. I like, I wrote notes down cause like that. Was yes. Cool. Okay. I love it. <laughs> Um, you know, we all need a Joe at home, apparently, was my first tip that I need to, like, get out there. Um, her her honey is, like, so cute, too. She posted a video of him, like, doing push-ups the other day, and I about died laughing. So you guys got to follow her on Instagram. We'll make sure to, to get all of that information in just a minute here. But um, I love the fact that, like, you had that idea that you wanted something more like right away um, and starting off nannying. I thought that was really cool. Uh, one of the things that you said in the beginning is you said you were really clear on your vision, like as time grew on, can you maybe help some people? Because I know that there's a lot of people who want more in their life, but how do you go about gaining a clearer vision? Yes, uh, I can. Uh, the thing is, from my experience, because I, I would read blogs when I first started food court, and they would be like, niche down. I'd be like, what the F does that even mean? Can you please like give me a step by step? Because I can do that. Like you telling me that I need to like get clear on my vision. And I don't even know what that is like, didn't make any sense to me. And now that I've been in the online space for like seven years, I can really because the first the food court started in 2013. Um, now what I realize for vision is it's kind of just showing up to what feels good and continuing to look for what feels good. So when I first started, you know, the food business cooking, that kind of stuff felt really good. Like I was convinced I was going to like be on food network, shout out to food network. I still want to be, have a show on, on your channel so you can call me. Um, <laughs> but like, and then that didn't feel good anymore. So I let that, I let that go instead of keep forcing it. Now that can be kind of tricky though, because I do think there are going to be times where the thing that is supposed to be your thing might not feel like that. Like my six months in, I almost canceled my membership. So that's kind of hard. And I think that comes down to, I love Gary Vee because he always talks about like the number one thing that you need in business is self-awareness. And I truly believe that is the number one thing. Like forget tech stuff. You can figure that out or hire somebody else. Like forget being amazing on the camera. You'll get better at that as the more you show up and the more you do things. But like being really self-aware of like what you're good at, what you're not good at, what you like, what you don't like. And I love this new Gary Vee thing where he, I, he says he's been preaching this the whole time. I didn't feel like he used to preach this, but now he's like, do what you love you know, F money, do what you love. And I, I have always agreed with that and believed in that. And, um, so once I kind of let go of that and I moved into the lifestyle brand, I just really kept following my gut and my intuition. I'm a very spiritual person, which I know you are too. And I believe in manifestation and law of attraction. And I actually didn't even know what any of that stuff was until like three years ago. Um, the life coach that I work for is the one who taught me all that stuff. And I, uh, 
I, once I learned about that stuff and I really just learned that I could align myself and I'm a Pisces too. So I'm like really already an intuitive person. And I, when I listen to my gut, it usually is always right. It's just a lot of times I wouldn't listen. Like I, I've known since the first day I went to college, I wasn't supposed to go to college. It wasn't for me, but I kept going. Cause like the logical part of my brain was like, this is what you have to do to be successful. And so I kept doing it and I kept doing it and I kept doing it. And so, um, I would say like, for those of you who are really trying to get clear on your vision, first thing is like really get, learn the skill of being able to look yourself in the mirror and tell yourself the hard truths, because that is a skill that will help you in all areas of life, not just business. And I think there's a lot of people who struggle with that, which was me until I learned the law of attraction and stuff. And, um, I used to, you know, pull the wool over my own eyes all the time and think that I could, get away with doing this, or I should just stick to this thing, even though this thing sounds better. So I would say like step one, really get good at being able to look at yourself and be honest with yourself. Cause you know, there's a lot of people in this world and people are going to be dishonest with you. That's just the way that it goes, but you don't want one of those people to be yourself. And so if you can at least like get that skill and, um, also being like working and improving on your level of awareness and does this make me happy you know a lot of times I'm sure people who are listening to this right now they're having they have a nine-to-five job and they want to leave their nine-to-five job and do something else and they know if they were to sit down and have a conversation with themselves whether it's writing out in a journal or literally looking at yourself in the mirror um, they know I used to do it a lot in the car. That's when I would do it. When I was driving and commuting to work, that's when I would be like, this is not what I want to do. Why am I doing this? Like I'd be driving to school or driving to work. And I'm like, this is not cool. Like, this is not worth the money. This is not worth the time. Like I have so many more skills and things that I love to do that I could monetize than continuing to do this BS. So I would say really just learning about that and tapping into um, law of attraction and manifestation and really all that stuff. Cause if you don't even believe into the spiritual side of that, but I'm guessing if they listen to your podcast, they do, but let's say they don't a lot of that stuff. What it does is just, it just helps you see the bigger picture. And that's what it did for me. Oh my gosh. So good. And when, <laughs> when you said like, there's so many people that lie to you. Don't be one, like, don't be the person who lies to yourself. Oh my gosh. I, I hope you guys wrote that down. I love that. I love that. I've never said that before, but now I'm like, okay, that needs to be a graphic on my Instagram, like tomorrow. <laughs> I'm going to need this recording stat. Okay. <laughs> um, another thing that you had mentioned before was you kind of talked about burnout a little bit. And I know for me being in a health and wellness company, there are some people who kind of push themselves to the brink sometimes, right? They feel like I got to work, 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 work. Uh, we're not Rihanna, but we're going to talk <laughs> work, 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 right? Um, and I've seen you be super vulnerable in your stories and stuff like that. And I know that sometimes, especially as women, I feel like we kind of push ourselves to that point more than we should. So when somebody feels like they're maybe getting to that point of burnout, what are some things that maybe you do or some things that you can maybe offer words of wisdom to help them really kind of settle back in? And I, I think a lot of us kind of push towards that masculine energy pretty often. And how do we get back to that 
feminine energy and a better flow and all of that stuff? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Really good question. So I definitely have dealt with my fair share of burnout. Uh, It's hard for me. And this comes back to like the self-awareness thing, because I am somebody that always learns things the hard way. Like I know I keep manifesting that for myself and I probably should change my language around that. But the reality is I just have learned so much better with like firsthand experience. And so now that I've been through a few burnouts and I still like, and even like with the times of what we're going through right now in the world with coronavirus, Mm -hmm. um, I've learned like number one, um, I would say like for me to avoid a burnout, having some sort of routine is the is the key. And now here's the problem for a creative person like me, routines are not, they do not come easy to me. Like I, um, actually hired an online business manager for my, for my business. And she's very type a, she's very routine. And it's been really nice because she's been showing me that even though I'm a creative and I don't really, I actually like creative wise do better, not on a schedule but mental health wise, and I've been dealing with anxiety and, you know, bouts of depression and my boyfriend deals with depression. So it's no stranger to our household, but I know that like logically and mentally I do better when I have a schedule, but then I feel like, well, if I have this strict schedule, I can't, you know, be the most creative person that I need to be and be and hold energy and space for my students and my clients that I need to hold. And so she actually gave me this really easy, simple tip that I would have like never thought of. And she was like, just because you have a schedule doesn't mean your schedule needs to look like what quote unquote, everybody else's schedule looks like. She's like, Courtney, you're a night person. You're up till like two, three in the morning, every single night. And she's like, and there's nothing wrong with that. She's like, but you can't expect yourself to be at work at your desk at 10 AM. If you didn't go to bed until three in the morning. Mm -hmm. And I was trying so hard to be that 10, 11, you know, already like fully dressed, ready, da, 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 da. And so she was like, your new business hours are 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. And I was like, what? And she was like, she was like, just try it. And, and I'm, sh- I, she was like, I guarantee that it's going to work for you because I know your brain really is like just starting to turn on around one o'clock. And honestly, for like the last month I've been doing that and I've never felt more produ- productive in my entire life um, because I don't feel the pressure you know, to be something that I just physically can, like two nights ago, I went to bed at 6am. I just couldn't sleep. That just happens to me on a regular basis. Um, and so I would say, you know, get yourself on some sort of a schedule that really fits your lifestyle. And another thing too, like with being your own boss, a lot of people talk about, you know, hustle your face off. And I love hustling. And I, I actually like, like tapping into that masculine energy, but I do realize that, if I try to work an eight hour day plus every day, I'm a lot less productive than if I work, you know, four, three hour days and one eight hour day. And usually that eight hour day is because I really want to, like when I'm up till three in the morning writing emails and making graphics, it's because it's fun for me and I'm like in the zone. So I'm just going to keep going. Mm -hmm. Um, so picking a schedule that really feels good for you. Another thing with the schedule Uh, we're probably all, everybody listening to this, whether you own a business or not, are guilty of checking our phones right when we wake up in the morning. Um, I have found that is one of the, also too, because I'm like really sensitive and I'm an empath and like a negative comment or, you know, somebody not happy with like when, when my members are upset with something, like it crushes my soul because I just want them to have the best experience ever, which is like, you know, it's, it's a double-edged sword because, 
that means they're going to get a really good experience because I really care. But it also means that I beat myself up a lot on stuff that is completely out of my control. So another thing that I've been doing recently is one hour, I don't touch my phone unless I'm going to meditate or like do an EFT tapping. I really like um, EFT other than, or turn off my alarm. Other than that, like I uh, try to stay off my phone for at least a full hour so I can like enjoy my coffee and hang out with Joe or write my journal or do whatever it is that I want to do. Um, and that has been really, really good for me too, because I, uh, I, I noticed that when I log into my email or I log into my Facebook or my Instagram, I go right into work mode and I can't really shut those things off. Yep. So, um, uh, I would say really focusing on your and, and and protecting your energy right in the morning and 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 when we are scrolling whether it's emails or Facebook or Instagram we're like taking in all the energy of what everybody else is posting and especially in times like now and there's always political stuff there's always bs on especially Facebook i feel like and so being aware again self aware of that and knowing how that affects you and choosing something different that that better suits you and your energy um, and then also too, just like eating healthy for the most part, I love sweets. Um, and I still like, I don't deprive myself of sugar and sweets, but you know, especially since all this been lockdown has been going on, I've been going for walks every single day. Um, I have been trying to move my body more, drink more water. My, um, boyfriend and I have decided we're, um, really cutting back on how much we drink and really um, being just aware of what we put in our bodies. And um, I think burnout, a lot of the times, especially the first time you go through it, if you go through it, which most people I think do, whether you own a business or not, um, learning from that experience and what your triggers were. And that was kind of the thing for me was like, I learned that I, um, I really need a schedule and I learned that I need to only have one cup of coffee a day. Even if I want a second cup, I won't sleep. So why do it to myself? Right. And I think, um, there's a lot to be said about just paying attention to your own body and your own mind and how you feel and, um, acknowledging that. Mm, amen. I think a lot of the times our, our body is telling us exactly what we need and we just don't listen. <laughs> yes. Unfortunately, I don't know if that's like American culture or just like the culture of the age that we're living in, but it's so true. And I think if people could just, yeah, in, in keeping a journal or, or, you know, just at the end of the night, checking in with yourself, how do I feel right now? Do I feel good? Do I feel bad? What did I do today? Why do you think that I feel like that? when I have panic attacks, um, cause I used to have them all the time. Um, thank goodness. I've been able to really get a lot of that under control, but what I would do is like, what triggered me? If we could do that with almost anything in our life, we just, a lot of people either don't know that they can do that and they've never been, you know, showed or shown that. Um, and I think your body is such an amazing, uh, thing that will tell you pretty much everything you need to know. We just need to listen. Yeah. Ah, you're so right. Thank you for that. And I think, uh -huh. I think that's stuff that you can implement, whether you're working 60 plus hours a week and trying to run a side hustle, or it's something that you can do if, if you're just running your own thing and yeah. you have time freedom galore. So thank you. Yeah. Love that. Of course. Now, so it's really funny. I don't think I've ever told you this, but so we're connected on Facebook and Instagram, you and I, and it's hilarious because I have a tendency, apparently I'm figuring this out to say, yes, queen in like a lot of things that I type on people's posts. And you must have something set up on your Facebook page where you're 
something says queen in it. And so every time I say yes, queen, I think of you. And so you are the queen of all of these hashtags. And now I know you have an incredible business based off of this, but for somebody who's will, or willing and wants to really work on um, increasing their followers and increasing their um, viewership on Instagram, do you have maybe a tip you can sprinkle to them? Yes. So I um, am the hashtag queen. So that's why it probably pops up because it's, I think it says Courtney Schoberg hashtag queen, um, which is so funny. And I type yes queen all the time too. So I'm like, I know a lot of people are typing that up. So I'm probably always popping up and people saying that's hilarious. Which is great. Um, I'm always thinking of you. It always makes me smile. <laughs> I love that so much. Okay. So a I can give a couple tips. So when it comes to hashtags, uh, a lot of people, the new question I'm getting is like, Courtney, do hashtags even work in 2020? Like that's, that's not a real thing. And I'm here to tell you that yes, 1000% hashtags do still work in 2020. And the cool thing about hashtags is Instagram itself has changed so much over the years. I've been a user of Instagram since the day it came out. And I remember my very first post. It was a picture of my niece. Her birthday was yesterday. So I was like, imagine her because it was, she was a baby and she turned nine yesterday. So it's been a long time. Oh. And um, I know I love her so much. And so when it comes to Instagram, although there's been so many changes, like when you think about what Instagram first was, it was literally just like posts and that's it. There was no video. There was no DMs. There was no stories. There was no lives. There was no IGT. Like it's completely a different thing but there was hashtags. And the reason there was hashtags is because hashtags actually originally started on Twitter by this guy named Chris Medina. Fun fact, I DM'd him one time and I was like, thank you so much for inventing the hashtag. And he was like, oh my gosh, you're so welcome. It was just really funny. Um, <laughs> I was like, you changed my life because you invented the hashtag. And uh, so that's why they came onto Instagram because they were already <clears throat> pretty popular on Twitter. And that was like, I think Twitter is like 12 years old. So it's like, you know, three or four years older than Instagram. And so um, when people ask me, you know, what are hashtags? Do they work? Basically, the way I like to explain this is <clears throat> hashtags are the only way to reach the masses on Instagram without paying for ads. So I always um, use, have a lot of like really funny things that I've made up over the years and the thing that I like to say is like, you're, you want your post to get a lot of views, right? You want to be in the top spot um, of the hashtags. You want to get lots of eyes on your stuff because what we're saying is valuable information that could help people. Well, <clears throat> if you think about a penthouse where you're going to get the most views is that, or out on a you know, really tall building where you're going to get the most views is at the penthouse. Well, there's only two ways to get to the penthouse, buy it and live there, AKA ads, or, you know, know somebody <clears throat> or, you know, work your way up enough to enough popularity that you know the celebrity who lives up there so you can be up there. Mm -hmm. So hashtags are the organic way to get up to the top where basically when you use hashtags and you land in more people's stuff and you get more likes, comments, shares, DMs, saves, whatever, the bellman is just giving you another level up before you get to the top. And um, Instagram, has well facebook and instagram are owned by the same person for those of you who don't know and uh facebook has groups instagram has hashtags and 
Facebook, because they own the same thing, I don't ever see, like in my professional opinion, having some sort of groups on Instagram. I think they'd rather just have you join Facebook. Mm -hmm. And Facebook is pushing groups so hard that in 2020 on the Super Bowl, they ran a Facebook group ad, which costs millions of dollars, which just goes to show that this thing um, that's really important on Facebook, it's counterpart hashtags, which is um, on Instagram, it's just as important. So just to kind of preface of what hashtags are, I'll give you my, so there's four types of hashtags and one of them is good for growth. So I'll tell you that just so everybody can kind of get a, a basic lesson of hashtags. The first type of hashtag, my funny little name, they're called Sahara Desert hashtags. Well, like any other Sahara Desert or desert, nobody hangs out there. <laughs> You're not going to run into anybody. Basically, they're dried up. Nobody's there. There's no traction. Now, this is hashtags. So when you go in and you type in um, a hashtag, there's a number that pops up on the screen. All that number means is how many times that hashtag has been used. So a Sahara de Desert hashtag, what I consider it to be, is zero to 10,000. Because really, once a hashtag gets over 10,000 uses, it doesn't really gain traction. So you could use it. It wouldn't hurt your profile. And to be honest, like all hashtags have to start there. So the good hashtags started at zero. Mm -hmm. So you could, but um, I would say, you know, at this point in the way that Instagram is, in the way uh, that it's progressed, there's so many good hashtags that let the other people who don't know what they're, do they're doing use those so you don't use them. And basically, because you're only allowed 30, so you want to use 30 really good ones. The second type of hashtag is the complete opposite of Sahara Desert hashtag. I call it a black hole hashtag. And like any black hole, it's not a good place to be. You don't want to be there. <laughs> basically, these hashtags are over 500,000 and they are oversaturated that so much that when you post you get swallowed up into the black hole so fast that no one actually has a chance to see your post so like if you were to imagine these hashtags as real life people and events a sahara desert hashtag would be a networking event that you're the only one that showed up to and a black hole hashtag would be a networking event that you showed up to that there was a million people and there's no way that you're going to be able to talk to and let's say there there's a million people and they're not your ideal people. Like if you're, if you're a, uh, you know, teach business like me and I show up to a convention for video games, it's not going to be a good fit. These people aren't going to care about hashtags because all they want to do is play video games. Right. Um, so that would be a black hole hashtag. The third kind of hashtag you don't want to use is a band hashtag. Now, a lot of people, they've heard about this and they kind of understand it. But the reason this is like, if you learn anything that I say today, the number one thing that I like to teach is because a band hashtag can actually hurt your profile. Mm -hmm. So all a band hashtag is, is Instagram's way to, con to clean up the feed. So there's over 1 billion people, yes, billion with a B, on Instagram, which means there's a lot of, and unfortunately in the internet, spam, scam, and porn, and inappropriate stuff. And so <clears throat> sometimes these big hashtags, or even small hashtags, get taken over by these inappropriate posts, whether they're trying to scam you or spam you or post inappropriate photos. And so because Instagram literally doesn't have the man or woman power to go through and manually uh, get rid of these things, they've created these algorithms that help us clean up the feed. And so when you're scrolling through, it's PG, right? We don't scroll through and usually see inappropriate things. Mm -hmm. That's because of the, the algorithm and banned hashtags. 
So the problem with banned hashtags is, let's say you use 30 hashtags, but one of the hashtags that you used was banned on accident, wasn't on purpose. Well, Instagram doesn't have an algorithm that can tell if you did something on purpose or if you did something on accident. They just take, you used a banned hashtag as a fact. They, they don't know that you don't know what you're doing. They just assume that you read their terms of service on their terms of service, they talk about banned hashtags. They make it very clear to see a banned hashtag. And what a lot of people don't realize is banned hashtags aren't just hashtags like hashtags boobs, it's hashtags beauty blogger. That is a banned hashtag. And so um, for all of you listening, if you wanna look on your phone, go on your phone right now, type in hashtag beauty blogger. It won't hurt you to look it up, it only hurts you to, to actually use it. And um, a message pops up at the top and it says basically, you know, this hashtag has been recognized for a lot of inappropriate content that doesn't meet our guidelines. And um, so we banned it. Well, they don't tell you. When they ban it, they turn off that hashtag. So if you use 30 hashtags and 29 of them are really good, um, the fourth hashtag, which I'm about to tell you about, but you accidentally used one banned hashtag, what does it do? Zoop! turns off all your other 29 hashtags so you're not being able to be discovered. Mm -hmm. So that's why banned hashtags are like the biggest deal um, and what I preach all the time. And the thing is, it's hard because you have to constantly do your research because a hashtag be can become a black hole hashtag overnight. It can become a banned hashtag overnight. So the problem is a lot of people are creating these hashtag lists and then not checking them for six months and then their account gets quote unquote shadow banned, well, it's because they didn't, they weren't checking their hashtags regularly. So I recommend if you're going to use hashtags, check them at least once a month. Um, and then the last and final hashtag, which is what I would consider a good for growth hashtag, which is why I invented my membership in the first place, is a hashtag that falls between 10K and 500K. So it's not Sahara Desert and it's not a uh, black hole hashtag. It's in the sweet spot. And this is where you're going to get the most views. And this is where you're going to get um, the most traction. And the thing, the biggest thing about Facebook and Instagram that a lot of people find to be like a bummer is your content doesn't live very long. So you have such a short amount of time to get that content to basically peak. And so when you use um, a really good set of 30 good for growth hashtags, your chances of getting that seen by a lot more people and peaking is going to be better. Now on the flip side, I will say, even though like, cause on YouTube and Pinterest, it's driven by keywords. So if you go and you type in on Pinterest, you know, recipe or just pizza, like a bunch of stuff that people have used the word pizza is going to pop up. You don't have that on Instagram. That's where hashtags come into play or paying for ads and ads cost a lot of money and you have to know what you're doing. Otherwise you could be literally throwing money in the toilet. Um, so I would say to shift some of your guys's mindsets who feel discouraged by this, the cool thing about Instagram is that because of the algorithm, you can post your post multiple times and your audience won't all ever see it. So I literally posted some of my posts up to 12 times and I've never once had someone send me a message and be like, oh, didn't you post that 90 days ago? Like never <laughs> have I ever had anybody say that. So I actually like it because I feel like my content gets more use than a one and done because I don't know about you, but I spend a lot of time crafting captions and and I spend a lot of money on really beautiful photos and making my graphics and my images. So I want them to be used as much as they possibly can.
Mm, my gosh, that is gold. And I feel like I could ask you a million and one questions <laughs> about hashtags and all about all of Instagram. But that, I mean, those were some golden nuggets. So thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and I do respect your time. So I don't want to keep you for too long, but I do want to ask you, I think just one final question. And that is if, if there's somebody listening and maybe they don't know exactly where they want their life to go and they're kind of in that hot mess area right now and they want to take it to that life of blessings and abundance, what would be one of your top tips that you could offer for them? Oh, my top tip would be follow your heart, even if it doesn't look like it's going to work out like never in a million years. If you would have asked me when I first started my first blog that I would be able to retire my boyfriend, hire my best friend, hire my sister and seven other people on my team to work for me and make more money than I ever dreamed without a college degree. Like, but I just kept following my gut and my dreams and believing in myself and showing up and letting the universe show me what the next step was. Even when I, when it didn't look like there was a step, so I would say like, if you feel in your gut, in your heart, in your soul, you're meant for more, you're meant to do something bigger with your life. Uh, that is something that's coming to you for a reason. And you need to follow that with everything that you got. Oh my gosh. I just got <laughs> so good. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Courtney, where can my people find you? Yes. So um, if you love hashtags and Instagram and you want access to a ton, I've created a membership, uh, the hashtag file society. If you just go to my website, shesocial.co slash hashtag file society. Uh, we just hit over 24,000 hashtags in my category of, uh, hashtags, which is crazy. Cause when we first started our membership, we only had a thousand. Um, also on Instagram at the Courtney Schoberg, Melissa will spell it down below for you because my last name is tricky. And, um, I also have a podcast of my own called the boss lady social. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much for being here today. I appreciate you. And it's great seeing your gorgeous face on my screen. And um, I, I'm sure that everybody's going to love this. If you guys got some value from this, I would love for you to screenshot this episode. Make sure you tag Courtney and I both. Again, yes. I will have um, her information in the show notes so you can tag us. And uh, we appreciate you being here. And we'll look forward to talking to you on the next one. Bye. Bye.